for some unexplained set of reasons, I happen to be selected to be God. Because what I am is principle. There is no sky god. I do not attain to be the creators of all your worlds, but I am the creator of this world. I want to say one thing. Thank God for Jim Jones. Thank God for Jim Jones. You will not come to him that you might have life. The scriptures are death, but the spirit of Christ, hey, it's alive. I just don't want to pain like this. But I saw Jim Jones. I mean, I saw him with these eyes. He just walked to the door. I am the only fully socialist. I am the only fully God. So I'm now on the scene. I'm going to project myself. I'm going to push myself. I'm going to declare myself. Actually, I'm quite a very humble essence of being. I, I don't like to discuss my own work, but I have to tell you that the universe would not run without me. Welcome to World New Clash Class. People's Temple, Episode 4, Miracle and Mirage. Imagine, you're invited by a friend to your first service with People's Temple. You're given an address to a California middle school. There's been a lot of hype from a lot of different folks about these meetings. Most say they've never heard a man speak like this man before. He's shedding light on a lot of issues that you're also concerned about. Care for the poor and the elderly, racial integration, women's liberation, and beyond that, you've heard that he does the miraculous. You've heard the testimonies of the lame walking, the blind receiving their sight, cancer being cured on the spot. You show up. Check these things out for yourself. You've arrived at the school. Step out of your car in a crowded parking lot and begin to walk towards the door, passing by several large buses on your way. You're a little late. Traffic and travel held you up, but no matter. You're here now. From just outside... You hear the loud roar of a crowd. You can hear music playing loudly and people clapping. As you enter, you're greeted by some nicely dressed folks taking names of visitors. Once all the formalities are out of the way, you make your way, led by an usher, to a seat between several people that you don't know. In your travel to find your seat, you notice a nicely dressed man up at the podium giving announcements. You scan the pulpit but it can't be the preacher. The guy speaking is a blonde, and from what you've heard, this pastor has black hair. Once you're at your place, the band fires back up, and everyone is once again on their feet. There are folks surrounding you from every walk of life. Color, creed, and purse seem as nothing to this crowd. All are one, united in purpose. They are part of something, and in a moment... You've become part of it, too. You're not just in a sea of faces. You are a part of something beautiful, and there's static in the air. The song finishes, and the testimonies begin, one after another, proclaiming the works of the infamous Reverend Jim Jones. As you look around the auditorium, everyone is engaged. And what's more, 
They all have a look of anticipation. They are as one people anticipating the appearance of the Reverend Jim Jones. You notice some bearing crutches, some in casts from accidents, and some with wigs, maybe from losing their hair through chemotherapy. They're waiting to be healed. They're waiting to be saved from their ailments. Just then, he's introduced, and he walks out, and everyone goes crazy. It's like a celebrity just walked in. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what happened. At this point, Jim is a celebrity. Women love him, men revere him, and many believe he is doing the work of God Almighty. As he begins to speak, he quotes from the Bible, he talks of his own works, and then he begins calling on folks. Now from an outsider's perspective, all you know is what you have heard and what you now see. So you sit, you and your senses, and he speaks. He speaks, and the room grows silent, and he calls out a name. Now as we meditate, God is love. Love is a healing remedy. We're going to reach out to areas where man has seemed to have difficulty. As we concentrate that the gifts of the Holy Spirit might function, or what the secularist might speak of as the paranormal, let us believe. Let us believe. Sister Ingram, you're concerned about the losing, the losing of your sight. You're not able to see me clearly. Things just blur to you. You have to stumble around lately through crowds and are not able to see even people's faces close up to you clearly. That's true. You've told me nothing about your condition. That no, I haven't. Give that little sweetheart a little bit of love. Thank you, baby. Now, take your glasses off. Let's just dare in our faith. We've seen Sister Brown here who was blind, totally healed. We saw one of our sisters blind from her childhood. It could be hysterical blindness, whatever. We're not concerned. She was blind and could not see. Now, look at my face. I'm going to hold up some fingers. You concentrate hard. I love you. The people love you. And most importantly, Christ loves you. What do you see? How many fingers? Three. One finger. You don't even need your glasses, child. Let's all, let's all be thankful as she cries back there. Let's cry and rejoice with her. 
Edie? Fingers, are your fingers numb? And you're lying there. And having enormous headaches in your head. Yes. Reach your hands out. Reach your hand out to me. Yes. Reach the fingers out that are bothering you. Now, is the pain gone? years of age and someone he was reading something and someone asked him for what he had and he re he didn't want to give it yes and that's, he did. that that person shot him today yes he did yes, i'm saying this to give you faith yes. so that you can mount up because you've been feeling pain here in the chest yes and in the back yes. and you injured your foot some time ago, and yes, you've been having constant pain in it, or you had to move around with a chair. Yes, indeed. I do not know you, and you've told me or no one else the things I just mentioned. No, Is you that sure have. Now, where's your pain? condition yes and your hip is injured yeah step from your wheelchair begin to step from your wheelchair try it just try it just try it we have nothing to lose we have no face to lose because we've said we're no panacea but i have seen more healings here than i've ever seen any place i love you jesus christ loves you Jehovah Jireh, all the goodness of all the world's great religions, in the name and the mercy and the goodness of Jesus, wherein I stand. Come forth, my dear. Stand up. Take that step. Bless your heart. Take that step. Take that step. Now, move forward. 
freely, freely, freely. Now begin to exercise the hip. Begin to exercise the joint. I love you. Christ loves you. The people love you. Now, sisters, walk briskly. Walk. Walk briskly. Walk. Your eyes and ears are fixed on the moment. Amazing. Miraculous. Once the healing is done, he goes on to preach. He has everyone captivated. Leave them alone. Let every man be persuaded in his own mind. Because if God doesn't get nervous about people knowing who is the source of life, if God in this age doesn't know what jealousy is, then why should his children behave that? Why should his children behave with that kind of thing? His children should show no jealousy, should show no resentment. As long as someone's being in order here, they can pray and praise and shout and be sweet and sing. I don't care what they're singing or who they're singing to, as long as they're loving, for God is love. Whoever wants to stand on this court and praise and use terms that I cannot use, they can praise the Lord if they want to. I know in the Hebrew it is God. The word God is the only original word. You don't use the word Lord. But if they wish to do so, they can stand up here and say whatsoever they wish, lovingly and sweetly. We'll have no quarrel with them. We want the world to get together. We're not going to fuss over some issue uh, that doesn't feed people. My name won't feed people. But my spirit will. Now you have never heard such character expressed nor displayed or exhibited by anyone who represented the Most High. Never before have you seen anyone that could take all the glory, give the glory to others. Not in all the annals of scripture or all biblical exegesis and all the translations of history have you seen one that had the power to separate the darkness from light, to cause dry land to appear, to cause the cripple to walk, the blind to see, and to walk on water, and to materialize food, and translate himself from one place in time and space thousands of miles to another place. You have never heard such a power give the power and the glory to somebody else. But I have just given the power and the glory to you. Now you live like you have known God. Let men see your good works that they might glorify your heaven and your holy Father. Let men see your good works. Don't talk about Jim. That won't do. Show them you first. If you're a neighbor that's being ugly and you won't share kindnesses and niceties with your neighbor, you wouldn't give them a crust of bread, if you wouldn't give them some assistance when they're in a low time, don't expect them to hear what you've got to say about Jim. Go about with the magnificent obsession of this eternal goodness that I am and that I have inculcated and I am now incarnating. 
take it abroad, shed it abroad in people's hearts, that they will see Jesus so sweetly. They will recognize God so beautifully that they will beat a path to your doorstep. And when they beat a path to your doorstep, you can beat another path that will lead them to the highest doorstep that there is in the world today. And we know where that is. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. All his Let all nature refine to the beauty of Jesus be seen. Hallelujah. If Jesus is here, then the ones that know he's here will make more noise and praise and thanksgiving. They'll let their light so shine outside that men can see their good works, and inside they'll make a joyful noise. They'll have a sweet smile. There'll be a countenance on their countenance that's not like anyone else. Everybody will know that Jesus is here. And that's what the world needs to know that somebody has making God real on earth today. Hallelujah. Bless you. My, 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 my. Last night we saw every miracle conceivable. We saw cripples healed. We saw braces removed. We saw cancer spit up. We saw a knee that had a tumor upon it that the bones had not healed. We saw them healed so someone could run beautifully. We've seen everything, and we know that we've seen a better life. We know we've seen a better life. In the future, as I said, you are privileged now. You've known the words social. We're now translating it to apostolic. Now it's the highest manifestation of God, are the very strongest messenger of God, are the only voice of God. So we'll be careful because we're walking through a strange land. We're looking like Abraham did, we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God, our goodness. We have left the city of the old Chaldees because it had nothing good in it. Its foundations were poor. So we've left that old order. It was given to exploitation, Abraham said. It shed the blood of innocence. So we're leaving the old Chaldees, and we've got to move on to the promised land, and you've got to be careful because there are many thieves on the road.
We do not want to have a confrontation over the name of God, but we are going to have a confrontation over the nature of God. Now, some of you did not catch what I just said. We do not wish to have a fight over the name of God, but we do wish to start a, revolu a revolution over the nature of God. We're going to transform the world by the revolution of the nature of God. We know what that nature of God was. It was on the day of Pentecost when they sold their possessions and had all things common. That's the nature of God. God is love. Now, if you get the nature of God, finally the name will catch up with the nature. In the old system, you had to get the name before you could get the nature. Now, I've told you you can get the nature and let the name catch up with the nature. People standing around like it wasn't a sonship degree. They were standing around Jesus' day, standing around and said, Well, I'm he. said, Many mighty works I would do except for unbelief. You don't talk like that. Surely many mighty works you'd do except for unbelief. But the point is you don't tell them that you're he. Hmm? Some grasping what I'm saying? Remember when he went in there by Galilee and stood up in the temple. He said, The Spirit of God is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He opened up the book of the rabbis. He opened up the Tetrarch. He opened up the holy writings. He said, This day the Spirit of God is upon me, or in me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Well, the gospel means good news. Good news to the poor would have to mean giving them land, jobs, an end to war, and an end to economic and social or racial distress. He said, he has anointed me to heal what? The brokenhearted. To set at liberty those that were what? Bruised. To bring deliverance to what? Those that were in prison. He was all right. Uh, he was all right till that point. He should have then just stopped because now God learning more should have stopped and gone out through Galilee and done some work. But what did he do? According to King James, he closed the book and said, This day is fulfilled in your midst. You don't talk before you prove. You prove and then you talk. You're not following me. I'm some of you are not with me. It's all right anyway. He closed that Bible in the midst of that synagogue before they'd seen anything. And all hell broke loose. It said that they took the body of Jesus, and if it were possible, they'd have thrown him headlong over the cliff. But he managed to escape. King James makes it much more melodramatic than it was. It was an awful job, <laughs> I remember. And he had to leave Galilee. That's what your book says. What Luke, the fourth chapter, says. He had to leave Galilee because there was so much disturbance, and he said, Many mighty works I would do, but a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country, and said he couldn't heal anybody there. He had to go over where? To Capernaum. He had to get about 125 miles away down the road to Capernaum. 
He had to go clear around the other side of the Sea of Galilee because he couldn't do anything there. He made his mistake. He should have just preached the gospel and shut his mouth right then. So you're telling me that, they, that, the, that, that the body of God then should have shut its mouth? Yes. Because God learns obedience. Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He was made perfect. That means he wasn't perfect. It said he was made perfect through what? Suffering. He was made conformable to the image of the cross, of the Christ, the death of the cross. Somebody that's already perfect doesn't have to be made conformable. Somebody that's already perfect does not have to learn obedience. Jesus didn't start with a silver spoon in his mouth. He learned through suffering. And so we have learned because he has come and gone. We have learned because now we're back in the fathership degree. We're living in the age of the fathership. It's not Jesus our Son, it's God the Father. We're praying to the Father directly, those that have the mystery hid in their hearts. They don't pray to the Son now. They don't go through Mother Mary. They go to God. Our goal here was simple, to present you a seat in a meeting and see what you think you would do. We need to keep in mind, this was an answer to things that people saw no other answer to. What could have stopped it? Friends, we can't even speculate. Most people involved didn't even question it. When do you know? When do you know that the group you're in has taken a scary turn? Here's Hugh Fortson again. What was the moment for you, Pastor Hugh, when the lights turned on and you realized that this is not what it was initially? I'd be safe to say, oh boy, this was this was in uh, 70, 78. I can't think which month it was, but this was after um, one of his right-hand workers and lover, uh, Debbie Layton had left and um, I was out in the, we were in the pineapple fields doing weeding and we heard just over the loudspeaker alert, 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 alert kept going on and on he kept saying alert, alert so I asked my group leader so she said go wash your tools and take your tools back to the tool shed and then go straight to the pavilion. Don't go anywhere else. So as we came over the little ridge, we could see people coming from all parts of Jonestown, from the cottage area. Uh, people behind us were coming from the piggery and uh, the chicken coop and all that good stuff. I think the folks who was on the front gate stayed there. And then uh, everybody else who maybe had some position of security, they had to stay. And so, but you've seen all these people coming in. And then I guess the close to us was the radio shack. And you could see Jones, he would walk out and he had a red, no, he had a black, yeah, he had a red tam on him, cocked to the side of his head. 
uh, like he was getting ready to go to war, and he, but he was on a shortwave radio. Then he'd go back into this little radio shack, and then all of his so-called security, that was his immediate security, they all had uh, fatigue zones. Some of them had cross, power crossbows. Some of them had uh, M16. Um, I don't think I saw any automatic weapons, but some of them had handguns. Everybody was strapped, if you will. And they're walking around, and they were like, we're getting ready to go to war. So you're sitting there, because you don't know what's going on. All you're doing is sit there. You were told to just to sit and wait. And then, God forbid, if you had to go to the bathroom, you had to wait till almost six people were ready to go. Then they would take you uh, by armed guard over to the restroom facility. Supposedly keeping you from the mysterious day that was in the bush ready to kill you, ready to shoot you. That was always a threat that someone was in the bush ready to shoot you. But I never heard a gunshot from the time that I was there, which was about five and a half months to the time I left. So in that, after a while, after almost an hour, he and his little security entourage comes over and he gives us the left-hand salute. We salute him, then he tells us to sit down. And by this time, they brought our children to us. So my son was sitting on my lap, and every now and then he'd get, on, get down on the dirt floor in front of me to do other things to try to keep from being bored. And he said, uh, well, there's, there's been a defection. He said, I'm not going to tell you the person's name. Now get this. He said, because I'm waiting for them to repent. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, hmm, okay. So he began to say, well, the person is at the American embassy now spreading lies. And one of the things that she said, it is a female, that, um, We've got a prison. And so he told, he looked at the, some of his, uh, uh, I guess it's be considered staff down there. He said, make sure they cover that up. I never knew where it was. I, I never got to see that. Wherever they had it, uh, something was dug out from the side of a little mountain and apparently had a little covering over them and they had it where they actually could put someone in there. At least that's what I was told after the fact. Mm. And then they were saying, well, uh, we, we, sh we shouldn't worry about this. You know, we've all made commitment that if we couldn't have our freedom, we, we would die. And so I'm thinking, die. And I'm looking down at my son, I said, well, gee, you know, one thing to say, but another thing to actually do it. He didn't know until he was in a place he couldn't escape from. He allowed himself to be deceived. He didn't know because he wasn't yielding to the warnings. Isaiah 8.20 says, To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. Friends, God has given us a way to measure a true prophet. It's the Bible. We can't take the Bible into the past and save 909 people who died in Jonestown. But we can be discerning enough to ground ourselves in the truth. This isn't about being better or smarter than those who died in tragedy. It's about knowing how powerful deception is and arming ourselves against it. Join us next week for Episode 5, The View from the Pulpit. 
with former pastor of People's Temple LA, David Parker Wise. We'll take a look at the movement from the inside out. On behalf of Christian Life Church, I'd like to give a special thanks to Fielding McGee, who has been a great resource. I also want to thank the Jonestown Institute for providing all of the audio clips that we have been able to look at together. To get more content like this, visit us on the web at clcwaverly.com. That's C-L-C-W-A-V-E-R-L-Y.com. Welcome to Worldview Clash Class. The eye hath seen, their ear hath heard, the heart has been stirred. They have seen the emanation of the hundredfold God manifesting through this temple. And it triggers a faith in them, and it quickens their spirit, and it causes their mortal bodies to put on immortality. <laughs> 